You're listening to I Am a Product of Globalization. From me, an international student, to you. Oniva. I sometimes describe myself as a culturally conflicted Englishman. Globalization is the development, interaction, and integration between people, companies, and governments worldwide. Picture of a world where old boundaries are disappearing. So rather than fear the future, we have to embrace it. But what repercussions does this have for us international students? I've always been a fallen in the side of injustice. I'm Asia Kress, half Australian, half Guinean, born in New York and raised in Austria. I am the product of globalization. Hello and welcome to the second episode of my podcast. So today we will be talking about the history of passports. And I know you might be thinking that sounds kind of boring. Who would ever want to find out about the history of passports? But trust me, after researching it and understanding how passports really came to be, the story behind it is actually quite fascinating. And along with just talking about the history of passports, I'll also be talking about um, stories that I have to do with passports, so such as the airport, traveling with um, multiple passports, and just fun little anecdotes that I have to share about holding different passports. So compared to original passports, passports nowadays are pieces of modern technology which are actually filled with microchips and biometric photos. So this isn't for all passports, but the majority of them have now transitioned into biometric passports. Um, But interestingly enough, the origins of passports can actually be traced back to the Bible. Um, with the story of Nehemiah, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but basically, Nehemiah was sent by Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, to return to Jerusalem after the walls broke down, and he was um, sent back to Jerusalem in order to reconstruct them. But what really makes the story so unique, and where the whole concept of a passport first appeared, was in the Sof conduit or safe conduct pass which Nehemiah held. So this can be considered to be the first passport but unlike our modern passports nowadays it didn't um, define a person's nationality or determine whether or not they could uh, leave the country they're in but it was more so created in order to grant access to foreign lands which um, were granted from one king to another So it was created in order to um, avoid any conflict happening if foreign people were entering um, foreign king's lands. So it basically ensured safe passage. And so the safe conduct pass continued to be used for centuries and actually even made an appearance in English law books in the 15th century. So Henry V was able to grant these documents to whoever he pleased um, and he was issued this ability to grant these documents by the British Parliament in 1440, 1414, sorry. Um, and so obviously this was misused quite a bit since he was able to grant these um, self-conduit passes to whoever he pleased. But as um, passports progressed and they evolved into the actual word passport, which actually originates from the word Portes, which signifies a city's gates, and port, meaning the ports of the seas in which many people of the time entered, since planes weren't 
the main form of transport when passports first came to be. And so, the modern-day passport first originated after the First World War, when thousands of immigrants seeked refuge, but the issue was that people could not contain the number of immigrants entering a country since there, were, there was nothing which enforced the coalescence in the terms of the agreements that were set upon these immigrants. So basically, there was no control over these immigrants because no one knew where they were coming from or, or where they were trying to go as there were no documents um, stating this information. And so this created an idea to set a standard document, which is the passport, and it was created by the League of Nations, whose goal it was to maintain worldwide peace. So after the creation of the passport, it was later followed by the Emergency Quota Act of 1921, as well as the Immigration Act of 1924, where officials believed that the newly arrived immigrants would threaten America's hegemony. So basically they wanted to remain sort of I don't want to use the word pure, but they wanted to remain um, majoritively the Americans who were living in America at the time. And so what they wanted to do with these passports was they deemed the passports an efficient way to recognize the immigrants' countries of origin and therefore um, made it clearer to see where they were coming from. And basically it just made it a lot easier for the Americans to understand how much of their population was immigrants, even though in reality it's pretty much all immigrants, but the newly arrived immigrants after World War I. So there was some con controversy with, with this, um, with the new creation of the passports, because people argued that they did not want to be defined by a single document, um, since it, their documents could limit to where they could travel, it could limit them from coming back home, and it basically just could define them in negative terms, whilst others stated that they didn't feel like the passports defined them in any way since it was merely a paper document, and today that's often the case as well, where some people believe that passports really define who they are and where they come from, whereas others just think that it's a piece of document and would rather have um, a more powerful document than the document of where they originated from, but I'll get into this a little bit later. So, also, others argued that passports would control over many people since not only did it enforce borders, but at the time, women were also negatively harmed by these passports. So when they were first created, women were actually placed in literal footnotes in the passports of their male spouses, and without um, the accompaniment of their male spouses, they were not able to cross borders, and so it actually restricted them further than they had been uh, restricted prior to the creation of passports. And along with that, many people did not, once again, did not like the thought of being labeled and almost dehumanized by one piece of paper, because according to the passport, they were no longer a person, but they were more so a number or or just, they were just a piece of paper. And the problem which many of them faced at the time of the creation of the passport, and what many people still face today, is that people can no longer travel without a passport. So people who were traveling before the creation of the passport, or the official creation of the passport, were suddenly not allowed to travel anymore. And today, the passport has become a very prized possession, something which a lot of people sought after, because it allows you to travel the world, whereas without these documents, you're pretty much constricted to your place of birth. And today, there are around 
10 million people who are stateless and do not have citizenship. So it makes us realize that passports are actually extremely powerful. And if you luckily were born with a powerful passport, they're able to grant us endless possibilities. But at the same time, if you were not so fortunate, they can also cause extreme harm. And surprisingly, the most powerful passport in the world is the Japanese passport currently in 2020. Um, and they are able to access 191 destinations with their passport. Then comes Singapore, South, then comes South Korea, Germany, Italy, fin Finland, Spain, Luxembourg, Denmark, Sweden, France, Switzerland, Portugal, Netherlands, Ireland, Austria, and then the United States, and then United Kingdom, which I found was extremely interesting because I genuinely believed that the United States was the most powerful passport in the world. But according to destinations, it's actually the Japan, whereas America or the United States only can access 184 destinations with their passport, which is still a very large amount of um, destinations. However, it is much less than Japan. So I definitely would have thought that it was the U.S. because I have been fortunate enough to have to hold a U.S. passport since I was born in New York. And everywhere that I've traveled, I've never faced a problem with my passport. And sometimes, even once when I went to Turkey and traveled in the airport, I've told the story countless times, but I just think it's so funny because when I traveled to Turkey, they literally did not open my passport because they saw that it was American. And that was just crazy to me because, it, it, I mean, it kind of made me feel unsafe because it just showed that simply because of your passport, they weren't going to check me. And maybe it was also because I was a child and I was less of a threat, but it was a little bit scary when they didn't open my passport. But it only happened to me once. But other times they just kind of flick through it. Whereas with my mom's passport, she owns a Guinean passport. And with the Guinean passport, they literally turn it inside out put it through scanners, take it out, and it always causes delay. And I genuinely did not know that there was another way you could travel. I thought that whenever I would travel, I would face these problems because of her passport. And the first time I traveled without my mom was in seventh grade when I traveled to Zurich for um, a volleyball tournament. And everybody there either had U.S. citizenship or had an EU country or countries which were which the passports weren't as dangerous quotation marks as the Guinean passport and so we literally traveled so quickly just gave our passports to our coach she showed them to the people and we were in in through the gates in like literally five minutes which was just crazy to me because I didn't know that you could travel with such ease <laughs> and it just made it just shows that simply because her passport's green and because it's from a smaller country and it's from an African country, they automatically deem her a threat, even though she's the furthest from a person who would ever deem a threat. So I just thought that was, it's just really sad to see that a document, which literally just shows where you were born or where your parents are from, can harm you so much. But I know that she doesn't want to get, and along with other, many other people who I've met in the international community, they don't want to get rid of their original passports because they feel as though they have lost so much of their culture through living in foreign lands that they don't want to get rid of the last document that really ties them to home. Even though the document which they could acquire so she could 
file, she could um, take the test to get an Austrian passport since we've lived here for many, many years. And if you pass a test, you're able to get Austrian citizenship after living here for, um, I think, 10 years is the minimum requirement. But even though she has the opportunity to do that, she won't get rid of her Guinean passport because it's like, if you get rid of your passport of where you're originally from, it's sort of like giving away a part of your identity. I genuinely just, I kind of feel like, although passports definitely have helped a lot of people in the past, and they do um, often ensure safe passage because they allow the airport to monitor who is traveling where, the concept of it is actually kind of weird. It's a piece of paper which is folded into a book um, and which gets stamped every time you travel that defines whether or not you can travel, defines where you can travel to, and defines pretty much where you're from. And I know that some people can argue against whether having a passport defines where you're from, but I remember in, I think it was third grade, I was doing a choir concert and I was lucky enough to be able to give an opening speech for my passport. I mean, what? I was lucky enough to, to give an opening speech for choir. And I had to introduce myself in the beginning and say where I was from. But my choir teacher actually told me not to say Guinea because at the time I didn't have a passport from Guinea. Now I have one from Australia, Guinea, and uh, United States. But because at the time I only had a United States and Australian passport, he was like, yeah, well, you don't have the nationality, so you're not from there. And I mean, I said it anyway. I said that I was from Guinea because I am from Guinea. I'm more from Guinea than, in my opinion, I believe that I'm more from Guinea than I am from the United States because I was just born in the United States, whereas I have Guinean blood in my body. And so the fact that a piece of document can, for some people, define so much who they are is just so, such a weird concept if you think about it. But I wouldn't say that passports are ultimately good or bad and although they were you could argue that they were controversial towards the beginning of the time and still can be controversial nowadays they have evolved and are continuing to evolve and hopefully in the future they won't there won't be any issues with passports and yeah so that's the end of my podcast for today i hope you learned a bit about the passport and sort of gained a more open um, opinion on passports <laughs> but yeah that's it for today thank you for listening uh, bisous bisous and goodbye